Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome, 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 everybody, to the Hockey Think Tank podcast brought to you. By the hockeythinktank.com, a website for all players, parents, and coaches to go to get a little bit of education and a little bit of inspiration regarding the greatest game on the planet. What an episode we have for you guys here today. We are bringing on former professional player, now a trader who built an unbelievable trading company that we're going to get to on this podcast, James Sixsmith. And James grew up right outside the Washington, D.C. area, played his college hockey at Holy Cross before embarking on a 13-year pro hockey career where he played against a one Jeffrey J. Hulavecchio. So before we do get over to James, let's bring on that man, the talent of the podcast, the shirtless, tatted, no-tooth dude. Jehu, what's up today? Uh, you forgot Mr. I'm also going to be a Mr. now. Oh, because I got engaged this weekend. Oh, yeah. Uh, we haven't talked about that yet. We texted yeah. about it. So how'd it go, dude? I, it's so funny. So last episode, for most of the people have probably listened to it, but if you didn't, Vex on the podcast said he was going to propose to his girlfriend. And he did. And she said, yes. And it's all over the gram with your blue check mark. So how'd it go, dude? How was it? It was good. It was nerve wracking. It was nerve wracking. Had a lot of pieces going with that, with that, uh, with the surprise and with the, uh, with the setup, the elaborate setup. And it, uh, it went off pretty much exactly how I wanted to. She had no idea. I completely faked her out. She thought it was coming in, in December in Florida. Cause I kept just being like, we're going to have this special trip in Florida in December and make sure you get like nice clothes and get your nails done. And for before Florida, like all these stupid hints that I was clearly dropping on purpose. And I was being so like intentional by dropping them. And then I come to find out all these people told me after, you know, they saw that, that we got engaged on Friday night. Uh, They're like, yeah, she thought you were doing it in Florida. And it was so cool to hear that she was telling everybody that, yeah, just going to do it in Florida in December. And she had no idea. Um, so, it, yeah, it was awesome. It was a great weekend. She clearly does not know you that well. And you are so <laughs> obvious about the Florida thing. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, wait, something's up. This freaking jokester. I don't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, uh, it was, it was awesome. It went really well. So happy starting to do the wedding planning thing now. So, uh, yeah, so that'll be fun. Sweet. Well, yeah. there is another kind of thing that relates to that that I haven't told you about yet, which is also kind of cool. So today is November 1st, 2022, and our first podcast ever, The Hockey Think Tank, came out on November 2nd of 2018. Wow. So we are now four-year anniversary of us wow. doing this podcast. Wow, that's wild. Well, I'm glad we finally got a date because how many times have we said it's been <laughs> like three years? Well, at one point, five? I was like, yeah, we've been doing this for five years. <laughs> I was like, wait a second. No. Uh, Carrie the Niner. Um, wow, niner dude, there. four years. I still remember exactly where I was sitting in my first house when I retired from playing when we did that first one. And I was like so nervous. And wow, wow. And I felt like we just, yeah. Come I along think way, I man. was doing it on Skype and you were on your phone. I think that's how we did the first couple. Was it? I just remember where I was sitting. I was sitting at my my kitchen counter, the island counter, and yeah, I remember sweating through like two shirts. I was just like <laughs> sweating everywhere. I think I got up from the from the counter and like the chair I was sitting in had butt sweat all over it because I was just so nervous. I was like, "Who's gonna listen to this?" And like, who cares about us? And you know, and and yeah, wow, four years, man. Congratulations. Very cool. here we are, Very thousands cool. of people later. 
Yeah, very, very cool. And thank you to everybody. I mean, honestly, yes. like the reason if we had no listeners, we probably wouldn't have kept do- <laughs> we wouldn't do- be doing this. We, we, we just <laughs> called each other and talked about this stuff, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, seriously, thank you to all listeners. Thank you all for sharing us, especially in the beginning, because we we got out to a hot start for like two guys that you know nobody had really, you know, we didn't we didn't have big NHL names behind us starting a podcast and we had so many people sharing us in that first year that really helped us to take off and all the people that that still to this day send in guests to us hey you know we're talk to this guy or talk to this guy or this woman or this coach or whatever like all those suggestions you guys send we are just in this game to try and help people navigate the crazy hockey world and so you are all a part of that like this podcast is is uh it's crowd participation you know, and, and we love doing the mailbags and we love having on the guests that you people suggest. And we love talking to you at hockey rinks. The amount of times I get stopped at the rink to talk about one of these episodes is so, so, so cool. So thank you all for, uh, for the past four years. It's, it's changed my life. It's made me, uh, reflect and think about things in a much different way. And, uh, I'm just very grateful and thankful for all you guys and for Tof and for, for Steph now who's producing us and, and everybody on this journey. Yeah. I feel the same way, man. And like the best, the best thing ever is when, you know, we get stopped in a rink or we get an email just about how like something we, or a guest of ours said made life a little bit easier or put some perspective on things or allowed you to get back grounded in, in this crazy hockey world that we live in at times. And um, yeah, I mean, we've all needed at some point uh, a hug. We've all needed at some point a dose of reality. We've all needed at some point a kick in the ass. And, and, and I think what we've been able to do with this podcast and what we try to do is, is provide that for the people who are listening. And, um, even I get those kinds of things at at different times when we're talking, just maybe the two of us, or even if we have a guest on that something hits home that can help me in my life or my career in, in hockey. And so, yeah, we just, we so appreciate like everybody obviously listening and, and sharing and, um, we're really big on connection on this podcast. We really want to connect with you guys and, and we can do that in one way by, it being this way where we're talking and you're listening, but it's even better when you guys are interacting with us and asking us questions and giving us topics of what you want to us to talk about on the podcast and stuff. And, you know, a lot of times like we'll get these, these DMS or these emails and stuff, and we'll talk about it on the next show. We might not say, Hey, we got this email from so-and-so, but we'll find a way to like put it in the episode or talk about it. Um, and we love doing the podcast when it's just the two of us, because a lot of when it's just the two of us, it's because of things that you guys have sent into us and uh, whether they're questions or stories or, or whatever it may be. And so we just so appreciate everybody who's been along this ride with us. And uh, yeah, I, I can't believe it's been four years that we've been doing this man. And um, just, so fortunate to to continue to do this. It's one of the best hours of my week every week that we get to do this. And uh, just thank you so much to everybody who continues to listen. And uh, yeah, keep keep uh, keep reaching out. And uh, we we really enjoy connecting with you guys, whether it's via technology or if we see you at the rinks and stuff like that too. And and going along those lines of connection, you know, I talked about uh, giving a speech at a local high school last week and how I got chased down by by uh my buddy now a police officer and i was like ah, what did, ah, i'm sorry what did i do <laughs> in school and you know he texted me and he said uh, my phone's lighting up thanks for the shout out so that was pretty cool you know oh really uh, so he really does listen so i'm sure he's listening <laughs> to this one too what's up mike um yeah so uh, you know that is funny and and speaking of connection i don't know maybe i'm speaking on a turn here but uh we want to be able to connect with you guys more and so we're gonna create an instagram specifically for the hockey think tank podcast because on instagram it's super easy to to get back to people and and connect and you know we'll be putting up you know things that happened on the shows and you know you guys can comment and you know we can go on there and answer you guys and it'll just be another avenue for us to connect with you guys to get more show ideas what do you guys want to hear us talk about who do you want us to bring on um you know you can 
comment on what you think about what we talked about on a show and we can get back to you, you know, a lot, a lot easier. Um, So it's going to be another avenue for us to take this show to the next level and connect with everyone more and help you guys more with, with our philosophies. Totes. Totes. I think that's going to be awesome. We'll do Twitter too, right? Yeah, I mean, you, you're the Twitter king, baby. I'm, you know, I'm the gram. You're, you're the Twitter. So we'll, we'll, Sol- I'm sure we will. Solely gram. We'll do. We'll yeah. do Twitter too for sure. Yeah. And uh, we'll do the TikTok as well. What do you think oh, for all man. the youngins out there? Um, we, I mean, we. Everyone tells me we should do TikTok. I just, yeah. <sighs> so many platforms in a so year. Or in a year, day. you're going to be like it, talking about TikTok the way you talk about Instagram right now. I just, I just know how Instagram works. It's like, it's like, uh, you know, we were kids and they're like, we're going to these DVDs. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I want to hold the rewind button. This VHS is sick. You can hold it in your hand. It's got a cool cover, you know, and then everybody stopped using those. So you're probably right. And then Blockbuster video oh. went under. Oh, that hurts my heart, dude. All the <laughs> listeners out there, all the parents listening, how much do you miss going to Blockbuster? I miss going to Blockbuster, man. It was like an experience. You go there, you got the the blue and the yellow and the lights, and you're walking around, and your friends are having a sleepover, and you gotta come to come to an agreement of what movies you're gonna get. Then you hit the snack aisle. They get you with the snacks up front, man. Blockbuster was a jam. I love Blockbuster. What was the what was the slogan? It was like Blockbuster video. Wow, what a difference! Do you remember that? No, I don't. But your voice is angelic. Thank you. you know, Thank you. Sounds like a mix of Fergie and baby Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> what, what is it in, in, in Ricky Bobby? Yeah. Exactly. Six pounds, 12 ounces, whatever it was. <laughs> Little baby, baby Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a sore throat for a month and a half. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> moving on, moving on. We're excited for the Instagram and the, the new Twitter. I hope you guys are too. Yes. And we are excited for our guest this week too, James Six Smith. And this is a really cool conversation. Really smart guy. Uh, played a lot of years of, of pro hockey and uh, his company that he started. Oh my God. Unbelievable. Like unbelievable. You so guys. Cool. Yeah. Like when you like listen to this, you're going to be like, man, that is, I don't even like, it's unreal. It's an ingenious idea. And anybody out there who plays the old stonks, anybody who's playing the stocks, you're going to really make sure you listen to the whole combo and wait till the end because, dude, his company is very innovative, very cool. This guy was a great hockey player. I loved watching him uh, from the bench, like when I was playing against him. Didn't love playing against him because he was so nasty. Uh, but great hockey player. Very cool to hear his story, much like Tove, you know, a smaller guy, especially during an era when hockey players were, you know, they were looking for bigger guys. It's just, it is what it is. Um, but he still made it still played, you know, 12, 13 years pro still played in the best leagues in the world. And, uh, just a really good guy. I remember hanging out with him a couple times when I would go hang out with Wacey rabbit, another former podcast guest of ours, who's coaching in the WHL now, congrats, waste dog. Um, and, uh, you know, meeting six or a couple times and just really, really good guy. Good family. I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy. He's, he's obviously crushing it. So, very, very cool. You guys are going to like this one a lot. Yep, for sure. A lot of, uh, you know, six, it's a, it's a success story that's predicated of a lot of things learned in hockey, mm, <laughs> you know, <my> favorite. Yeah. <laughs> so if you listen to the podcast, then you know that that is something we love to talk about. And so, yeah, really, really cool. He started this company. It's called trade context and, uh, go to, if you want to learn more about it, it's tradecontext.com. And he gives his email at the end of the, uh, episode too, if you want to reach out to him and for any types of questions, whether it's about life after hockey or even hockey stuff. So really, really cool stuff. Uh, before we do get over to James, we have some people to thank, particularly number one, gelsticks.com. Gelsticks, the best weighted training aids if you want to get a better hockey shot, lacrosse shot, or golf swing. Uh, they have all of the above. Not A, not B, not C, but D, all of the above. Whoa, okay. <laughs> all right. And uh, so go to gelsticks.com, use the coupon code THINKTANK, one word, and you can get a discount on your weighted training sticks. Jeff. Love that. We love that. Want to thank uh, Train Heroic. That is the platform where I ha- house all of my online training. Um, unbelievable platform. Uh, I'm really excited that I'm working on some really cool stuff that'll be coming out around probably Christmas or after filming all new stuff, uh, always updating it. 
I have, you know, hundreds of players right now that I'm working with that are on teams in organizations, both juniors, amateurs, uh, girls, AAA, AAA teams. You know, I've got Olympians on there. I've got NHL players, AHL players. I have my own personal workouts on there. Any of you parents out there who are looking to set a good example for your children and you want to get in the best shape of your life because your kids monkey see monkey do you're taking care of yourself physically and mentally they will think it's cool to take care of them physically and mentally join my train with me team uh it's a dollar a day basically for the month i think it's like a dollar six cents or something it's called train with me you got any questions just go to my gram dm me and ask me and uh we'll get you going we'll get you healthy coming out of the holidays being lean and mean also want to thank Cured Nutrition. That's a CBD company I'm with. Been using it for months and months and months. Uh, really cool how many of you um, DM me and ask me questions. It's actually crazy. Uh, um, very, very cool. And I've pretty much been primarily talking about uh, them on the podcast. And I know this past month, uh, people using my code, it was the biggest month ever. And I love that. Like, obviously mental health is something that we all need to focus on. And CBD literally helps with that along with physical health as well. Um, if you have any questions on the how, when, why, what I use, seriously, please just reach out to me and ask DM me on Instagram at Jeff Vecchio, blue check Mark, uh, cured nutrition.com. My discount code for the CBD is GMBM what's up boom and icehockeysystems.com the best website for coaching and parent education as it relates to hockey and uh, we have partnered with them for an association's platform so you can get this for every single coach and parent within your organization what do the coaches get jeff the coaches they get a drill drawing tool where they can draw up all of their drills online and send it to all of their players, send it to other coaches within the organization and file them. It's so easy to use. You can find, okay, here are all my two-on-one drills. Here are all of my track drills. Here are all my special teams drills. Have it all and you can share it with every single coach within your organization. It is an unbelievable value add on top of the fact that you get thousands of drills from very smart people along with whiteboard explanations from some very smart people. And uh, it's just such a, such a, such a value add for any organization. So uh, head on over to icehockeysystems.com and look for the associations tab. You get all that stuff for the coaches and the hockey think tank parent survival guide for all of the parents, hockey directors. If you are listening, I guarantee this will (laughs) make life for you so much easier if uh, you provide this to your parents because they will have a uh, hopefully a better understanding of the youth hockey journey. And uh, I think it's uh, just something that could be a huge positive thing for um, every organization. So icehockeysystems.com, the associations tab, awesome, awesome, awesome resource. Uh, another awesome resource is James Sixsmith, who we just got the opportunity to speak with for a little bit. And I think you guys are really going to like this one. We had a lot of fun with this one and uh, just a really, really, really smart guy. So without further ado, here we go with James Sixsmith. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. We are so excited to have on this episode of the podcast. He's down in the Sunshine State, sunny FLA, James Sixsmith. James, how you doing today, man? Good, Tover. Thanks for having me on, guys. We are very, very excited. And uh, before we get going, though, talking about your journey and, and all the cool things you have going on right now, I do have to ask you, uh, you were over in Norway playing against a, a 1J who Jeffrey Avecchio and uh, who got the better of each other while you guys were over there? Yeah, we joked about earlier about, um, you know, we, we won until uh, I got injured and then, you know, Jeff and Lillehammer kind of took it to us and then they beat us in the playoffs and I had to watch him skate up and down and celebrate every other goal he's scored. <laughs> that was that was painful. Yeah, those you, were some hard painful. sellies too. So uh, I feel I feel bad for you, but I feel great for me. Vex, yeah. Vex, yeah, did you I, see or go ahead? No, I, I just I'll, I'll never forget. I'm in this walking boot because I had a high ankle sprain, 
And you would like celebrate to the to the songs, like as you were going through the line. And I'm like, oh my God, like make this stop. <laughs> Playing it up for the fans, baby. Yeah, What's that's up? right. That's right. I don't Vax, blame you, man. You guys, you killed us in that series. Vex, did you see the social media posts of our uh our OT winner against Western? Oh man, dude. For, first of all, somebody tagged me on Twitter, I think. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, I'm sure they're listening to the pod. Whoever it is, well, well played. Um, <laughs> I didn't even respond because I was so mad and I had so many things <laughs> I wanted to say. But also, what is, I mean, I don't even, I shouldn't even say this, especially my captain jersey in the background, not a big deal, cheddar, sophomore. Um, <laughs> dude, that guy's Sally, legendary. Legendary. <laughs> he might need a police escort next time he goes. <laughs> to play in Lawson, but like that was a legendary Sully. Yeah. Yeah. That was yeah. a great game. It was a great yeah. series, man. Well, real quick. How did you feel about, you know, what you saw with the, with the lunatics? How were they? They Pretty were awesome. Dope, eh? They yeah. were awesome. I, I don't know if I texted you, but they actually made an announcement at the rink that it was the most fans ever to attend a Western Michigan hockey game. Because you were there. It was a bro- Scott they from the Hockey Think Tank podcast. <laughs> <laughs> they heard that Jeffrey Lavecchio, what is it, Cheddar senior or sophomore? I was a captain. <laughs> Sixer, did you play did you play college hockey? I don't remember. Yeah, I did. Yeah, you wouldn't remember because I played at a small at a school that was irrelevant. Uh I went to Holy Cross. Okay. Um, That's a good hockey school. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't think they've been very good since like you know, 2010 maybe, but we had a, um, Holy Cross is, is like a niche school, right? Like it's hard as hell to get people in. Um, everybody there was kind of missing something, right? Like you had, you know, guys that were undersized or guys that were pretty, you know, D1 skill, but maybe they weren't, weren't quick enough. Um, you know, all kinds of kind of misfits we were at Holy Cross, but we had a couple of really good squads. I was on that, that squad that beat Minnesota that year. Oh yeah. Like the, it was the first one of, you know, a couple in the last 10 years that, you know, kind of slay the dragon there. Um, and then we got, unfortunately, that, that that regional was in Grand Forks. So the next night, you know, after we ended Kessel's college career, then we got like Oshi and Taves and all these guys the next night at home in their own barn. Like, what a good joke. Luck. What a good joke. Luck. That, that drives me nuts. Like, how do they allow that? The because that was that was the regionals or whatever right like yeah, how, yeah, how yeah, does exactly. anybody get home ice i don't think that's yeah. fair why but is that tell well, you host it. probably know uh, yeah i don't right? know man. but like like th- of course it's a sick venue and like we didn't mind i mean I, I got some funny stories about that i mean my line mate was taking synergies out of the trash can that north dakota was throwing out and he was cutting them and he's putting a blade in the other end of them that's how we <laughs> that's how that's how poor we were at holy cross I was wow. like, you guys get four sticks a year, make it work. Wow. That is wow. hilarious. That was, um, I feel like I remember watching that game because we were in the NCAA tournament that year too. And I, I think we played the day after you guys beat Minnesota. And um, I remember watching it. What, what year was that? Was that like 05 or 06? 06. 06. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. I remember that. So they, uh, that's cool, man. So Holy Cross, tell me about your experience at Holy Cross. You know, it was awesome. I mean, what I said about being like kind of the 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 misfits at first, we didn't have any scholarships, so it was all need based. And everybody else in Atlantic hockey, which was one of like the small, is like the C C. I think it's the CHA in Atlantic hockey. The maximum was six, but we had none. Um, so again, like you didn't get the cream of the crop, but because of that, you know, if you made some noise, like you you could get a, a much bigger role as a younger player than you could maybe if you went to Cornell as a freshman, like you got to be a stud to play at Cornell as a freshman or Harvard or Western Michigan. You know, you didn't have to, at Holy Cross. I got, I was fortunate that I got to play right away. Right. So I, I kind of hit the ground running and it was looking back. It was the best thing that ever happened to me because you know, if they're, if you're good enough, they're going to find you. Right. Like you don't, you know, when I was younger, I was dumb and I was like, I got to go to, Harvard or I got to go to BC and like that, that wouldn't have been good for me because I, I went into schools 140 pounds when I went into Holy Cross. Um, so I needed, you know, I needed some time. I needed to be able to play and I needed time to put on some weight and develop and all that stuff. So it, it was great, man. Um, I, I, the best, just like you guys, probably the best experience ever, you know, playing college hockey, I wouldn't trade, to, you know, 
13 years of pro or whatever it was for any of that, man. Like it was just to me, college hockey was, was the real deal. That's awesome. Well, let's, let's dive into that a little bit because Vex, you were somebody that matured a little bit later as well in terms of your weight and size and stuff like that. And you really had to Still work at to it. Puberty. Still waiting to hit puberty, hoping it's coming this year. <laughs> hey, I'm five foot four. And so <laughs> yeah. that's that, my that, line. That joke doesn't work talking that is with you. my line, yeah. not yours. <laughs> um, but what was that like? What was that like? You know, as you were, I guess, two part question, you know, the first one is, you know, maybe there were some thoughts that were going on in your head of like, oh, if I was bigger or if I was stronger, I'd be getting more attention, things like that. Those were thoughts that I had, you know, when I was in the recruiting process and, you know, not getting the looks and not getting the the kind of attention that I thought I could have had because of my size. Um, what was it like going through that? And then once you kind of came to grips with that, but still understood that you needed to put on some weight and, and do some things a little bit differently to, to reach your maximum potential. You know, what were some of the thoughts that you had in your head to, to kind of get you through that and get you going on, you know, that your process, even though your body maybe wasn't as physically developed as everybody else that you were playing against? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I know I'm talking to a small hockey player too, that, that went through a lot. Like you said, you had those same thoughts. I mean, I always thought I was good enough. I just needed an opportunity, right? So I was like, um, you know, and I don't know, I don't want to say too much on this, uh, uh, you know, uh, trying to keep a clean mouth here, but um, I, I just wanted to, I wanted to be able to, I can, I can play anywhere. Just let just get me in the door and I'll bust, I'll break the wall down. And it was just so frustrating that people were saying, yeah, but like, we're not going to waste a scholarship on a small guy. We don't know. Yeah. You're like, you can play, but, 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 um, so I think when you're young, it's hard to come to grips with that. As you get older, you realize, um, that, you know, it, it, it is what it is. Same thing with pro hockey. Like my dad, I've, I, I realized that I, I wasn't good enough to play in the NHL. If I was, I would have played. Of course, my window was smaller. Same thing with going to college or going to BC versus going to Holy Cross. I just got to play at the I got a small window and I got to play really well at the right time. I'm not going to have four, five, six, seven chances for a guy to see me. If if I'm if I'm going to make it, it's got to be now. And if I was good enough, I would have made it to the NHL. And I've come to grips with that as I got older that Hey, I just wasn't quite good enough. And, and the same thing with hockey at that time, I probably wasn't good enough, you know, to go to BC where I wanted to go. Um, but it all ended up working out. And, and I think, I mean, for your listeners, one thing that, that I've come to grips with too, is you're always in a rush when you're young, you think like, I got to do it now. Like I, like, this is it, you know, it just is to, to take a deep breath and just try to get better every day. I know Jeff, you know, talks about that a lot. It's just trying to focus on getting better and, and letting the chips fall where they may, instead of figuring out, God, like if I don't play well today, you know, my life is over. Cause that's kind of what you get caught up in when you love the game so much. And that's all you want to do. So all I ever wanted to do is play in the NHL and I was going to do it. I was going to figure out a way to do it. That's, I think that's really important. Something you just said there. And, and we talked about this on our confidence episode that we got a ton of great feedback on that came out a few weeks ago. Like you just realizing that you can't change your past. Like you have a bad day and you're like, Oh my God, the sky's falling and, mm -hmm. and you have a great day. And maybe you don't get a call from a scout. Oh my God, the sky's falling or, or, you know, things like that. And it's just not how it works. There's somebody, especially if you're playing juniors and even midgets now, like there's people watching every single game. And now with technology, they can watch from anywhere and not even be in the rink ever. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, they could, a college team could have a guy leave and play in the, you know, sign in the NHL kind of like I did at the end of the season where the team wasn't sure if a guy was going to leave or not. And then they got to pull another guy up and you know, it's the last minute. So then they can watch all the, the, the games that have already been played and find you that way too now. So mm -hmm. it's, it's never, it's never the sky is falling and, and you can never think about just all oh, how many scouts are in the stands or who's here. You can't think about that. You've got to play your game every single day, every single day in practice, you've got to find ways to get better and keep, you know, learning to solve more problems and stuff like that. But, but, also along those lines, like you saying that, you know, your goal is to play in the NHL. It's all you ever thought about. You didn't play in the NHL, but now looking back, you know, you already alluded to it, but like, 
do you look back and look at what you did as as failing that you didn't play no, in the NHL? Uh, do you no. do you look back and you're like, oh, I wish I would have done something else because I didn't no. play in the NHL? You know what I mean? Not at all. Not and that's a great question. I, I actually say that a lot to people when they ask me about my hockey career. I said, like, I, I'm content. I, I gave it everything I had, man. If if I if there was one thing, I didn't leave an ounce of it out there. And and when you get it, you know, like I said. When I said I wasn't good enough, that's just, you know, what it was. It, 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 and there's there's no shame in that. Uh, you know, I was, you know, a whisker close. You know, I was never on an NHL deal, but, you know, played with a lot of those guys like you guys did. I mean, you played a lot of with a lot of um, NHL players and the, the the margin for error is so small. And, you know, those margins are so thin. So I, I don't it's a, it's a good point, Jeff. I don't I don't ever think of it like it's a failure. I'm like, hey, man, that was a hell of a ride. I wouldn't change anything. In fact, like I think it's part of me that I didn't make it. And I'm happy with that. You know, I'm happy that, uh, you know, I struggled and I had to, to build the grit, to you know, because if I didn't and it was easy, then maybe like life after hockey wouldn't be as successful as it's been. So. You know, you, I, I'm not one to look back, man. I, I look at it as a positive experience. I got to play all over the world, met some incredible people. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I'm really thankful. I'm grateful for that. Gratitude is the word I I think about m- most often these days. I, I think you that. just became the next uh, co-host for our show. Because <laughs> we literally talk about that stuff all the time, man. I mean... I, the three of us, we've all been on a journey in this crazy hockey world that was filled with so many ups and downs and crazy twists and turns along the way. And a lot of triumphs, a lot of heartache. And, uh, you know, it, that's something that at the time isn't easy <laughs> a lot of the time. But, you know, you, when you sit back and you reflect and stuff, a lot of the hard stuff is why we are successful today and yeah. the lessons that you learn and, and you know, that's that's like one of the biggest lessons we try to preach on our podcast is like when you're going through that stuff, eventually that is going to be something that is going to help you do something great in the future. Um, if if that's the way you allow yourself to think. Yeah. And it, it is so hard being stuck in the mud. You know, it is so hard feeling like, you know, there's no place to turn or you know, people are against you, whatever it is, the, the negativity that's surrounding you. But at the end of the day, like how you choose to see every situation is going to be the barometer of what your next experience is going to be like. And you've taken a lot of these things um, and, and built something really, really cool, which we'll get to in, in a little bit. And, but I, I just like for everybody that's listening, I, I mean, you're talking three guys talking right now that have been through the ringer, <laughs> the ringer of hockey, <laughs> um, if for different reasons and in different ways and stuff like that. And don't get me wrong. It was an unbelievable ride. But at the end of the day, like it, we can all sit here and say we are better people because of all of the experiences, good and bad that we had. And if we can, and and I even struggle, we all probably still struggle with it in the present day of when we're in the mud, how are we treating ourselves? when we're in the mud, how are we choosing to see the situation? But, you know, you're doing yourself, I think a disservice if you're not seeing the, the setbacks, like Jeff likes to say as setups for something coming better in the future. Yeah. If I could just add to that too, it, for the people that are listening, they're saying, well, that's easier said than done. I a hundred percent agree. <laughs> yeah. When you're in it, like it's 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 hard to to see that silver lining. But you know, I remember when Henrik Lundqvist retired, he had some great quotes in that in that speech. He's basically saying, like, you know, I lived and died by how we were playing. If we were losing, I was struggling to walk around. Like the only thing I could think about was hockey and getting out of the funk. And that's how you live in a like when you when you're playing hockey. It's 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 not realistic to think other, any other way. You can't just like be playing poorly and walk around like there's no care because then like you actually don't care. So, you know, I think that that's one of those things that we see, you know, after the fact you say, man, there was so much gold there that I learned from and I made me a better person. But when you're, you know, when you're in it, sometimes it's hard to see that. So anybody that's listening that's struggling, I would say, you know, you're going to be better off for it. Even if you can't see it today, you know, trust me, I've done it. 
Yeah. And I think the other thing, just to kind of go along with what you're saying is that like, I don't think hockey is very good at allowing you to really enjoy the good moments too. Hockey is a sport that beats humility into you. Like it literally beats humility and conformity into you. And it's not as much like that today as it was maybe when we were growing up, but I, I just wish, and maybe this is from my personal experience. I'd love to hear what you have to say too, but like, you know, you, you do something good. It's like, okay, enjoy it for 10 minutes. And then boom, like now we got to get, get better, which is a good thing. But also like, I feel like we need to, we need to find time to like celebrate the good stuff too, if that makes any sense. Is that yeah. not every sport? I didn't, I, you know, I stopped playing all other sports in sixth grade. Um, <laughs> so like, I don't, is that not, is that not how every, like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if you guys played sports uh, at older ages. Is it, is, are other sports not as intense with that stuff? Yeah, I, I think it's, I don't know. I, I think what Topher said is key is that it, like the hockey world teaches you to be like so humble. That's why when you hear people say, oh, hockey players are great interviews because they don't, they don't talk about themselves a lot. And I think that that kind of, you know, um, you know, blends in with Topher saying is like, you're not, you don't, it's not customary to celebrate. It's like, yeah, right. Now it's more, like you said, it's changing a little bit. Now you can, you know, pick the puck up on your stick and throw it over the net. And now everybody's not trying to take your head off for doing it because they're realizing, <laughs> Hey, it's like, it's, it's a, it's a little bit of a different game. It's a different person now. And that, that's okay. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, Ovechkin coming to the league changed sure. a lot. Like, him selling, I think, changed a lot about hockey. Like just one person, I th I think that that's pretty cool. You can look at different like uh, inflection points, and I think like obviously when he first came in and he was selling and he had his tinted visor and all that, like people were chirping him left and right. But he didn't care. He just kept doing it, kept doing it, kept being himself. And now at least a, a, a tiny bit, there's a little bit more of being able to not have fun, but like uh, I don't know, show your personality a bit. And Toph and I talk about this all the time like just like the the interviews kill me like i love the whole you know team and team and team but like i wish more guys would like for the sake of the nhl the sake of the game the sake of growing the game past people who actually play hockey people who are outside of high like nfl you know so many people who didn't play football love watching the nfl it's massive i'm sure the same is uh is true with soccer you know especially over in europe but like in hockey it's a, a lot more i feel like people who um, play hockey that are the fans more of. And I think that the more we have characters, PK Subans, Alexander Ovechkins, like guys like that, it's just going to help the game grow as well too, without losing that, you know, blue collar mentality, team first mentality, you know, the, that type of thing. What, what are your thoughts on that? Cause you saw it over in Europe, like fans are crazy. And if you got guys who like played up to the fans, <laughs> what's up? Uh, you know, the fans go even more crazy yeah. and that, that helps the teams. Yeah. So speaking of that, I, I mean, I couldn't agree with you more. I think that sometimes it's like the all you, you interview a hockey guy and all you get is cliches. And you don't get the personality. It'd be nice to be like, yeah, like I'm thinking about the milestone. Like I'm thinking about the milestone. It's, it, I don't, you know, maybe that's not the political thing to say, the politically correct thing to say, and it's about the team winning, but like I've worked my whole life for this, you know, that, yeah. I think that's okay. I don't yeah. think that doesn't make you a bad guy, right? but nobody will say that. It's like, ah, oh, well, the team got the win, so I don't care. It's like bullshit. Like <laughs> bullshit. You, <laughs> you care about that, you know, 200th yeah. goal. Of course yeah, you do. Exactly. So no, I agree with you there. And, and, and it is a different situation in Europe. And my first year in Europe, I played in Cologne in Germany. And that was wild, man. They were like Sick. burning shit in the fan. And I mean, in the <laughs> crowd during the games and, and they loved the showmanship because they were used to it. You know, they're used to it more in, in football, you know, you know, soccer in Europe, but, um, and, and so it was, it was a bit different there in that regards. And in fact, I remember the guys in Norway would be like six, are you going to celebrate when you score? And I, and they're like, you like, you don't even look like you're happy. And I'm like, well, it's like, you know, that's just the way we do it. Like, you don't, you know, you scored, I, I, a, you scored a lot in Norway too. Tom. This guy was <laughs> gross. This guy was a lightning water bug on the ice, like super, like super, it. super uh, skilled. I like uh, it. Well, let's, let's look. He had 23 and 26 one year. 31 goals? and 43 another year. This is goals, not points. Yeah. Jesus. 24 and 39. 
not too shabby. Oof, not too shabby. Well, let's talk about this because we've asked some other guys that we've had on here on the podcast before. Um, so you're a smaller player. I as well was a smaller player. We have a lot of people that listen to the podcast that are smaller players. Um, what in your mind, like what are the necessities for smaller players to have to be successful? Like what what do you think? You know, you can talk about power forwards, you can talk about other types of players, but for for smaller players. Uh, that have a dream of playing at the levels that you played at, what, what are you, what are you giving advice to them for? What are you saying that they need to do to, to be able to climb that mountaintop? Oh man, this is going to be pretty controversial for me to say this because I know Jeff just said that he quit playing everything. Um, You know, the thing that helped me the most is I played everything growing up and, and playing football, I played quarterback, helped me probably with my vision and learning, being like a student of the game. I think as a small player, you just have to be smarter. You, you, you have to be. And I think that when, when someone says, Oh, he's a small player, he's really smart. He knows the game. Well, the only reason you're seeing him on the ice right now is because he's smarter because he doesn't have, maybe he doesn't have the physical gifts. Now I will say that the training now is way better. Like you can do, um, you know, you can do virtual training with Jeff from somebody or somebody that, you know, he knows what he's talking about, but you couldn't do that before. So I think that we've learned a lot about exercise and stuff like that. So smaller players, if you really love the game and you really want to make it far, like you can be really strong and be small, like, and, and really hold your own a bit better. But for me, it was playing other sports and just getting a, getting a feel for where everybody was on the ice. And then, and then, you know, using that as a strength for me is uh, because I, I wasn't as physically gifted. So if you're, if you're a small player out there, there's so many ways to make it. You just got to find what you do best. Maybe it's different for you. Maybe you only play hockey. That's okay too, but you got to find something that, you know, really separates you from everybody else. And, and the only way you're going to do that is if you really love the game, right? Like if you, if you don't love the game, people come up to me in Orlando guys all the time and sorry to get off on a tangent, go, what does my kid need to do to make it to the NHL? And I'm like, but the kid's <laughs> the kid. seven, the kid's seven. Like if he doesn't love it, he's not going to be able to push through the hard times when he's 12 and 13 anyway. So like, let him love it. If he doesn't love it, forget about it. Well, you know, six, are you exposed yourselves? Uh, now everyone listening knows that you don't listen to think tank podcast regularly because we talk about playing other sports I'd probably say every episode of our however <laughs> yeah. many friggin' episodes we've had now. So Vaxes, before you got on, regret. I told. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's I I regret not doing that, man. Like, and that's why when people, you know, when I started training and I started showing what I was doing on Instagram, you know, when I retired five years ago, I, I remember I have one guy who who's playing D three now, who uh, I put him on Twitter. I didn't have Instagram, I, I don't think back then. Oh my god! Yeah. Wait, hold on, what? Yeah. Yeah. I put it on Twitter. I didn't have Instagram when I played, man. I didn't have it till I retired. Oh my I, God. So maybe I was still playing th- at this the time. I, the IG. Wow. <laughs> and, uh, I put his kid, he's six, five. I put him on Twitter doing cartwheels and his dad, he showed me his dad's text to him after I like tagged him or whatever on Twitter. And he was like, am I paying for you to go and do effing cartwheels? What the hell is this? <laughs> and by the end of that summer, you know, like, the kid's confidence through the roof, like his strength, everything. And he was like, you know, he, I talked to his dad about it years later. He's been my client now for probably, I don't know, like six years. And, uh, you know, his dad loves me, but things that I was doing to, to mimic playing other sports or having to learn how to, um, you know, uh, dribble basketballs while looking around the room, playing soccer, doing all these different things. I do that because guys stop playing sports earlier and earlier, kind of like I did. And so the way that I explain it is when you play other sports, sports are, are solving questions solving problems all over the field, all over the ice. How many guys are on me? Where are my teammates? What am I doing? My stick, where are my eyes, you know, where are the holes, you know, all these different things. And when you play other sports, all you're, what you're really doing is learning how to solve more problems and use your body in different ways. So then when you get older, whatever sport you wind up playing, you know, you have more tools in your toolkit to solve more problems. So I'm a massive, massive, massive proponent for playing multiple sports, but here's a question for you. At what age, like, let's say it's a triple a hockey player. At what age do you think personally they should stop playing other sports and focus solely on hockey? 
Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a great question. And I'll tell you what happened with me was there there got to a point where I remember my freshman year in high school in Virginia, I was it was the JV quarterback my the beginning of my freshman year and I was going to hockey practice and I I just didn't have the energy. And mm-hmm. and so that at that point it was like okay, my 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 run in football's got to end, but I still play instead of playing football, I I left football my freshman year early because hockey was getting more serious and I didn't have the energy to do both. And I went and played golf because golf was in the fall. So golf was a sport, uh, a sport at, at our high school and we got to play all the nicest courses. So I played golf and then I played baseball in the spring while I played club hockey. So I think that it gets to the, to answer your question. I think that it, when it gets to the point where physically you're having trouble doing two, maybe if it's two collision sports, then, you know, maybe that's the time, but man, I'm so for playing everything you can and stop all of this nonsense about specializing when a kid's seven years old. I just think it's complete nonsense. Amen, brother. Jeff, are you doing the slow clap right now? <laughs> I, am. Yeah. I love that. And, and, you know, think back to the, to the guys that, you know, who played multiple sports and, and played the high levels with you of hockey, whether that was pro college, junior, whatever, like, all the guys that I know that played multiple sports, whether they played like, you know, pick up basketball weekly, like it was that it doesn't have to be necessarily organized, but a lot of the guys that I know that played multiple sports are the most agile on their skates, like have the best agility and controlling the puck while, you know, showcasing their agility. Like you, like, dude, you were impossible to hit. You, you, you were, you know, so shifty and and turning and, and on your edges. And I think that a lot of that probably comes from playing football and, and baseball and soccer. And the more sports you play when you're younger, like I said, you're just going to have more tools in your toolkit that you can answer more problems on the ice. Do you, Tof, do you, do you, you know, think about all the guys you played with? Does that sound like yeah. that might be correct or? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, body control comes to mind because, you know, you're doing things different on the ice on your feet than you're doing like in football, having to, I remember, and also the physicality part of it. I know football is not, you know, the, is is not in vogue right now for kids because of head stuff. But I'll, you know, nothing hurts more than getting a, a you know a helmet in the elbow on a cold night and getting driven into the turf. So like, not only did my vision get better playing quarterback, but like I got tough as nails doing it when I was a kid. You know, so and that helped. If you're a small player, you got to learn how to take a hit. Like that, that's one part of being a small hockey player. Like Love you better that. learn how to get hit and you better learn how to protect yourself. Love that. You know, and, and be able to get out of the way. So a guy that comes to mind, I don't know, you know, if he listens to the podcast, Cal O'Reilly, I played with him um, in, in the minors and he's a, I don't know how many point, 2000 points in the American league. Um, last I saw he was playing in Utica. He might've retired. He was one of the, he's Ryan O'Reilly's brother. And I think Ryan is the same. It's like they were always doing stuff with their sticks. And like Cal was a fantastic, like we played tennis and ping pong and he was awesome at everything. And this guy on the ice was a wizard. He knew where everybody was around him. He was great with the puck, really agile. Um, And then you have other guys that are kind of clunky out there. And I'm going to tell a a funny story about, uh, did you ever play with Yonks, Nolan Yonkman? I did actually for a little yeah. bit in uh, the AHL. So, and, and not to throw Yonks under the bus, but Yonks, if you listen to this, I don't uh, mean anything bad by this, but he went out to throw the first pitch to a, at a Brewers game. Oh no. And, and it wasn't good. <laughs> and I'm like, come on Yonks. He's like, well, man, have you seen me skating around out there? I'm not exactly the most skilled guy on the ice. <laughs> <laughs> I, so, that's so I love that you brought up O'Reilly because I follow his dad on Twitter. Um, you know, and and I, I love like the stuff that he shows when he's talking about uh training and things like that. And I have a very similar mindset. And every summer, you know, videos come out of of um O'Reilly here in St. Louis training. Um, obviously he's the captain of the blues, and the amount of videos I get sent to me every summer whenever they put videos up of him, they're like, Look what he's doing, look what he's doing. I'm like, Yeah, man, we've been doing that for 15 years. Now you guys all think it's cool and sexy when I was doing it 15 years ago. Everybody's yeah. like, Who is this? idiot over here juggling on a balance beam or doing whatever yeah. you know and and it's uh and man i i get to watch o'reilly like when, whenever i'm going to the rink um i watch the blues practice when i go and do my mentorship stuff with tph st louis and 
the, the athleticism, the coordination, you know, the coordinated movements that he has, like, it's, it's really special to watch. And like, then you watch him train and you're like, yeah, I mean, yeah, duh, he's doing it yeah. in his training and he's doing it on the ice. Like it just makes yeah. sense. And that goes along with playing other sports and using all these different mind muscle yeah. and all that type of stuff. That guy, he was top of mind. Cal was a stud man. Like I don't, nobody really knows about Cal. Everybody knows about Ryan, but if you weren't kicking around the minors, Cal was so gifted, but he would always talk about that. He would be like, Sixer, can you do this? And he'd put like one foot up and he'd have his stick and he'd turn it around and he'd be bouncing the ping pong ball on his, on his hockey stick. He would do some things that, and they trained these, these like, you know, skills and it becomes part of your, like your motor skills, your coordination. And um, so that guy, that's always top of mind when I think of, of, and sometimes when I watch your stuff, Jeff, I think about that. I'm like, man, Cal was doing these, these things with his toes and his, you know, and he was a stud. I'm telling you, this guy was the best hockey player I've ever seen. Wow. I used to sit on the bench in the American league and watch him and be like, Hey, I got the best seat in the house here, boys. Um, but he was a superstar. That's cool. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds. And I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film. If only in theaters, May 17th, Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey guys, I want to introduce you to a new company called NordVPN that allows you to watch things from all over the world and also has an unbelievable security feature for you too. If you're bored of US Netflix, why not take it for a spin in the UK? Using NordVPN and a click of a button, you can do just that. There's no need to travel to Japan for your favorite anime when NordVPN can also bring it right to you. With over 5,000 plus server options, no show is out of your reach. Using our show's link at nordvpn.com slash think tank, you can receive a huge discount on a two-year plan plus one free month. NordVPN also has unbelievable security features that can help protect you, and they've doubled down on keeping you safe with their new threat protection feature. Say goodbye to intrusive website ads and malware. Even if you download an infected file, threat protection kicks in and deletes it before it makes a mess of your computer. Don't forget, there is literally no risk to you with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Give it a try, and if you like, great. If not, they'll issue you a refund and you can pretend the entire situation never happened. Check out my link again at nordvpn.com slash think tank to get your subscription started today. Again, that's nordvpn.com slash think tank. That's awesome, man. That's so cool. Well, let's let's shift a little bit to life after hockey for you, Sixer, because I, I read an article about the company that you founded and I'm like very, very, very intrigued. First time I've heard of it. And I, I think it's really, really, really cool. And so you started this company, Trade Context, and I would imagine you started it while you were still playing. I, I did. Um, and then, you know, it's it's become a, a second career for you after you retired. But if you can just give like our listeners and us an, a little bit of an elevator pitch of, of what your company is and the services that you provide, because it's really, really, really interesting. Yeah. I mean, thanks. 30,000 foot view. I mean, the, the company's, you know, morphed into, you know, financial technology and stuff like that now. Um, and less teaching, but I started trading when I was playing. Um, and it was just because once I got to Germany, I figured like, man, I might not make it to the NHL. I got to figure out something because I'm an entrepreneurial like spirit. I, I knew when I was done playing hockey that I wasn't going to be able to, you know, go sit at a desk at Goldman or something like that. Um, I just knew that that wasn't me. Um, so, you know, I started, I started trading and, and I was doing it because we had so much downtime. And then in Europe, the markets open at 3.30 PM, right? 9.30 Eastern in the U S 3.30 in Germany. Um, so I was home and I didn't have anything to do. So I started to learn how to trade and met some people along the way. Jason Krog sticks out. He's another like American league, um, you know, legend. He played 300 games in the show too. Absolute legend in the American Oculus. Yeah. 
really good friend of mine. He was the guy that really got me my start um, because he had a little bit of cash and he really believed in me and I was teaching him how to trade and we were doing all kinds of stuff together. And still to this day is owns part of our company. Talk to him all the time. Unbelievable. And this, again, the hockey world is so tight. Like this guy, when I was playing in the American hockey league, I was making PTO $28,000 a, a year salary. I was chasing him around. He was making 800 or whatever he was making. Um, and, and then when we got to Europe, we were on, we were on, we were on the same team and on the same line. And we just, uh, you know, a great relationship. And, and that's really how the, the company started, man. And, and now what we do is um, we, we look for traders to trade our capital. So we have financial technology that says, okay, Jeff, come in. And if you think you're a good trader, show me how good you are. And we have some, some basic rules. And if we wanted to make an analogy, it'd be like, okay, Jeff, if you can score... 20 goals this year, 30 assists, and 10 fights. I'll give you a contract for an 82-game NHL season next year. Okay? I'll take At, that right now. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and that's basically what we do. We put them on the live market, but on paper money, paper trading money. And we say, if you can hit these benchmarks, we'll give you the same amount of capital and we'll split the profits with you. Um, and we have the technology to be able to do that. The only way this works, Tof, is if you have risk management systems. Because if you're a trader, you'll hear people talking about risk. I don't know if that's your realm or not, but talking about risk. I can't give somebody money to trade with and let them lose it all. I've got to make sure that my software is able to cut Jeff off if he loses X amount of dollars. That way, we can give him the money but make sure that we can keep a tight leash on him. If he starts doing things that, you know, if he starts trying to toe drag and he's a grinder, like we're going to be like, all right, Jeff, back to the minors. <laughs> so, so my, my career. <laughs> Walked right into that one. <laughs> Roasted myself. So that, that's what we do. And and, and that's just the, the 30,000 foot view. Um, the, our technology is pretty good, but you know, it's just three hockey players doing it. I, the, the, Mark Hagel, who went to Princeton, um, he backed out uh, after a couple of years because he's in chiropractic school. Uh, you missed him, I think, by one year. I looked it up. Unbelievable. I know the guy. name, though. Yeah, I know the Unbelievable name. Unbelievable guy. Um, and uh, now a guy named Matt Wary, who went to school with me from Saskatchewan. Um, he's the operating officer, chief operating officer of the company. And the other kid that I have is I played with him in Norway. And this is for you kids out here listening. Um, when you meet people, you never know because I was 28, 29, and this kid was 16 years old. He was this Latvian kid that has Norwegian passport. He had a cage on and he'd be reading books on the bus when he'd go to games. And he'd be like, Hey, Sixer, like, let me read Shoe Dog because he'd see me with it. Let me read Made in America. And I, I could, he had this like, desire to learn. So when I started this company and go, Hey, Maxie, like, you know, you want to, you want to run this company with me? Now he's probably the richest hockey player in, in Norwegian. He's still playing because he can play and make no money because he's crushing it through the company. Right. So it's just hockey players, you know, doing our best to, you know, the company's lean. We, we work hard. We know what we have. We know we have work ethics and that's why we keep it lean like that. Cause I wanted to have people in the company that I can trust. And man, we just do our thing. We're not the biggest company in the world, but we have fun doing it. And, um, we grind every day. That is unreal. Yeah. Isn't that really cool? I, I just, I find the whole just idea of how you go about it. Fascinating because it does have this like very, um, congruous, arc to uh, sports. <laughs> it's very similar <laughs> where you have to prove yourself, you know, like you have to prove yourself and you guys put a system in place where people can come and show their worth basically. And if they want to be a part of it, you know, you have to come prepared. You have to, you have to have knowledge and, and actually like, it's not like the people who are succeeding are coming to you and saying, Hey, like, do you have a job for me? No, like you actually have to prove that you're worth this yeah. job and, and worth the money that we're going to invest in you. And which ultimately is an investment in, in your company. And I just find like, Vex, I knew you were going to love that because it is like a 
put up or shut up kind of thing. Right. And uh, I like, how did you come up with that idea? It, was it something that kind of came through a sports lens through your conversations with the guys that you started it with? Because like, I, I just love the fact that like you, you do, like you have to, like you said, the word trust, you have to prove to you guys that they can trust you with their money. And, uh, it's just a, you'd call it risk management. <laughs> like, yeah, it's really, but the best part about it, Toph, is that it's black and white. It's not like, Hey man, like I'm buddy, buddy with you. And like, I'll give you an account to trade with. No, it's like, I'll give, I'll give anybody an account to trade with, but they've got to be able to show me that they can do X, Y, and Z. They got to manage risk. They got to make a certain amount of money and they can't lose this much money. Or it's a, you know, a a failure is not the right word because trading is extremely hard. Like, you know, it's, it's obviously one of the hardest things to do because there's so much money on the line. And if you're good at it, you can make a fortune and that's why people are attracted to it. Um, and it's, it's so competitive. It's very similar to hockey. It's like the same, it, it strikes the same chords. Um, and, and so how did I get into it to answer your question? Um, you know, when I was a kid, I said, when the teacher had asked me what I was going to do, I was going to either, I was going to be a professional hockey player or I was going to trade stocks. And I ended up doing both of them because, you know, it was just, it's just a passion. Like it's really what I like to do. I love hockey and I love the markets and I, I still love them both to this day. Um, before I was on here, I was checking to see if the cat, the caps were winning. I'm a big Washington fan being from there. Um, and, and I follow the markets every day. And if, if you're passionate about something, you're going to do well in it, man, because it's not work to me. I, I can push through, um, you know, tough trading times. Cause just like hockey trading's hard. Even if you're the best in the world, you hear the best investors in the world say any trader that's worth a damn has, has, you know, experienced extreme pain on the way there. The same thing with hockey, man. Like how much pain did you have to go through both physically, mentally, just, you know, to get where you want to be. It's, it's, it's really the same with everything. Like Jeff's doing it with his, his training and all that stuff. It's just blood, sweat, and tears, man. And there's no substitute for it. I think that brings it back to full circle too. Like what we started off talking about it in, in the beginning where your whole life you were geared towards, I'm going to make the NHL, everything I'm doing, I'm going to make the NHL and you didn't make the NHL, but that process of investing in yourself every day, every practice, all the things you did, all the hours you probably spent in the basement to the garage at practices, stick and pucks, yada, yada, yada. All of those times, all the, the hard times, all the times you got injured and had to come back from them or you got caught or all of those things are why you are who you are today. And that's why Toph and I do this podcast. Uh, that's why we, we every week we hammer on the details over and over and over again that it's like just get your kids, get your teams to learn, to love getting better, learn to love working, learn to love coming back after a big loss and things like that. Because in the game of life, that's the shit that's going to make you successful. And it doesn't matter what it's at. And whether you play hockey, like, you know, a guy who's been on our podcast, who I played with growing up, who I've trained past couple summers, a bit Paul Stasny, you know, if you're him and you made whatever, whatever, you know, listen, Stas, I'm sure you cringe at this 75 sheets or whatever he's made, you know, 80 like, something, I think 80, 80 sheets, Jesus. not a big deal. And give some for the rest of us. Um, like he's, he's a driven guy. He's probably still going to work when he's done with hockey. Me zero sheets in hockey. I'm working after hockey. Like it doesn't matter. You're going to do something. And all these lessons that we learned through that whole process through our childhood, through juniors, through college, through pro it's making us successful and know like kind of the blueprint at whatever we do. Like, well, this is, this is how I can be successful at whatever it is because of what we did. And it's so cool to hear that your company's literally built like word for word off of that. Yeah. And it's built with the same guys that have done it too. And that's a big thing too. It's like, if you're out there and you're running a company, go hire some athletes that have, you know, that have played at a high level D one, you know, D three, even D one, it, it doesn't really matter. You have to have the grit. I'll take a guy with grit any day in a foxhole, man, in a company over a guy that's got straight A's from MIT. I mean, I'm not saying that they're not useful. Nerd. They are. I, we, we, we have some of them on our, you know, developing algorithmic strategies and stuff and they're awesome, but it's different, man. Like 
I, I know what I've got when I've got these guys. Right. And I know, um, and, and it's just, it's been fun, man. That's another thing is like-minded people have fun together and it doesn't feel like work. I wake up every day and I'm happy with, you know, um, you know what we do and it's going to be hard. It, it's knowing that it's going to be hard and accepting it and, and, and loving that, that it's hard. I want it to be hard. I want it to be hard because if it's hard, I know everybody else will quit. Ooh, love that. Yeah. Yeah, you're talking yeah. to a bunch of guys who just don't quit on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, anyway, I mean, I, I think we say a lot of the same things. Um, you know, I haven't, you know, Tove, I never know I never met you. Vex, I know I've met you through Waste and played against you a bunch, but I know, you know, talk to one, you talk to all, you know, you just you feel the same things because you, you've lived it. And um, it's awesome. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Sixer, thanks so much for taking some time to hop on the podcast and share your story. It's uh, it's it's so much fun talking about these things and reflecting back. And and uh, yeah, at the end of the day, Vex, like it's funny. A lot of times, most times on this podcast, very highly successful people, it comes down to is the grit. Like, what's the commonality between people who are successful in hockey and afterwards? It's it's the the lessons learned of of grit and getting through the tough times and figuring it out and and uh, I it's just such a valuable 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 trait to have just that resiliency. It's uh it's the the common denominator I think of highly successful people. They got to be talented. They got to surround themselves with the right people. But at the end of the day if you're not willing to take a punch or two and get back up and say, okay, bring it on, then, you know, it's, that's just such a big part of being successful. So Sixer, thanks so much for sharing your story. This has been awesome and yeah. uh, uh, really appreciate it, man. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, thanks for having me on. And if, if anybody, if I don't know what you guys do with, if anybody wants to reach out, you know, hockey related, not hockey related, um, you free to, you know, share my information with them and, um, you know, I'm, I'm where happy. should they, where should they find you? Email, Instagram, text, DM. Yeah. Max. I mean, you, 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 email is probably the, I mean, I'm on all of those things. You can find me on there. Um, Pager. but you know, yeah. um, uh, email Play is usually pigeon. the, email is usually the easiest because you know, it's, um, you know, I have to check it all the time, but, um, you know, I don't know what you guys do for that. But if you guys, well, if, say you could say it. To, to, uh, Steph, uh, I can put it in the notes. But what, what's your email? Where do you want them sending it to you? Um, you you can send me an, a message at James at takeprofittrader.com. Takeprofittrader.com. Um, and you guys, hockey, it doesn't have to be about business. It can be about hockey, anything. Um, I'm, I'm happy to chat and um, you know give you some direction if you need it. I don't know, have all the answers, that's for sure. Um, but happy to share my story and help you out if i can i actually want to send you uh i want to send you i'm going to send my buddy your contact info who uh, i want him to try out for your for your company like he's in <laughs> really into stocks i just want to see how he how you do i want to like hear about this whole this whole like uh tryout process like it sounds yeah. so how long is that quote-unquote tryout process it, it can it can be as little as 10 days. That's the minimum because we want to see some consistency, but we let you take as long as you want because you got to pay in order to like try out, we, we charge a technology fee. Um, and so like we let you take as you could take 12 months if you wanted and you would just get, you just get charged every month or, you know, some people take two weeks and then you only pay, wow. you know, you only pay one time. And Very then when cool. you get the account, then you share, we share the profits with you where the trader, that comes to us, they get 80% and we take 20%. Wow. So it's actually um, 80, 20 split in favor of the trader if they make it through. Um, and it's the exact same account that you tried out with. So if you go like, you know, let's say 50,000, then it's the exact same parameters that you had. And so in essence, it shouldn't be any different. And I'll tell you that it is, it's like, Practice shouldn't be any different than the games, but it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> You're cutting across the middle in practice, not the same <laughs> yeah. as cutting across the middle in yeah. a game. So, uh, yeah, again, if anybody has any questions, you can reach out. I really appreciate you guys having me on, man. I um, I really respect the grind that you guys are doing here and, you know, telling people what they need to hear and and, um, and not just all the sunshine and rainbows because it's, it's tough out there. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> You bet, Love man. It. Well, thanks again. And uh, yeah, best of luck moving forward. Yeah, guys. Thanks a lot. Appreciate having me on.